You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well, adventurous. Once more, I'm in the Silver Quest headquarters. Time to do the next adventure. It is called Moldworn. The towering creature of living watch. Rock stretches wide its gaping jaws and bellows with rage as its weighty fist slams into the earth. Leaving behind a shallow crater on the spot of ground you occupied only a split second. Oops, wait. That. More. Here we go. Early one morning, east of Trithic, on a, on a forest leading up to the village of Moldwell, a battle rages. You leap nimbly to your left, barely dodging the deadly swipe of your stone foe's massive arm. The towering creature of living rock stretches wide its gaping jaws and bellows with rage as its weighty fist slams into the earth, leaving behind a shallow crater on the spot of ground you occupied only a split second ago. A torrent of dirt showers you as the elemental terror stretches its hand free from the ground and prepares to deliver another strike. So I can attack it or attempt to flee. I'm going to attack it. It looks pretty big, so it's probably got longer strides than me. With no desire to continue trying to dodge the stone Benimoff's savage blows, you brazenly leap forward and attack, hopeful that you'll be able to put down the, uh, the earthen menace. Stone creature. Stone creature swats at you with its massive fists. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I keep going. Oh, your enemy smashes through your defenses with a devastating blow for twenty-eight damage. But it's nearly, it's nearly, it's nearly done now, and it is slain. Eight XP. You leap back as the massive being of stone crumbles into a heap of shattered rock in the middle of the world. Looking up from the remains of the stone creature, 
were dismayed to see several more of the lumbering rock giants making their way along the road in your direction. Your heart intimately sinks when you realise that the terrifying stone benemoths are coming direction of Maldron. Very impressive. But there's no end to those things. Get to the woods! The shrill, authoritative and decidedly feminine voice rings out from behind you. Startled by the sudden cry, you spin to find a young woman, her face bloodied and her green tuning hanging in tatters, hurrying across the road, her eyes darting between you and the encroaching stone terrors. The young woman rushes towards the edge of the forest, tugging at your arm as she passes. Come on! I told you! Get to the woods! Your eyes follow the young woman as she dashes towards the forest. The three stone creatures, stomping swiftly along the road, will soon be upon you. So I can hold my ground and engage the stone creatures. Or follow your unknown ally into the forest. I think... I, w I don't want these things hanging around where I don't know where they are. So I will deal with them now. Right. Now, just going to give them a good old whacking. Uncertain of the young woman's identity and motives, you defiantly hold your ground as the stone venomous swiftly bear down on you. Within moments, the first of the towering rock creatures draws up to you and attacks. As a stone creature swats at you with its massive fist. Enter into battle rage. Stop swatting me! I don't like it! You've slain it. 8xp. You leap over the remains of, of the massive stone creature and engage the next of the towering rock beings. It's another stone creature. Devastating blow just now. Massive fists. Devastating blow, 29 damage. Let's just keep, keep with the bash. Alright. Yep. Keep swatting away. And I keep bashing. And, oh, another devastating blow for another 29 damage. And now it is slain. 8 XP. You fall back from the remains of the second stone creature. Just as the third member of the deadly trio stomps forward, its massive fist posed to strike. Poised to strike, it's another stone creature. Swats you these massive fists, another devastating blow. Devastating blow for 31 damage. That's a pretty tough. Devastating blow for 27. And now it is slain. I'll just do myself a quick heal from all those devastating blows. 9 XP. The wash of elation you experience as the third of the massive stone creatures crumbles into a heap of rubble and is short-lived, moving swiftly towards you from along the road from the direction of Mordron are three more of the rock giants with no desire to engage in endless parade of the deadly elementals. I guess so. You dash off along the road and stumble into the forest, praying the thick foliage will provide you with adequate top cover. There is no sign of the young woman you would be had as you hurriedly push your way deeper into the woods. The sound of the massive stone being stomping into the forest behind you 
is all the motivation you need to pick up your already dogged pace. Over here! A sudden cry startles you. You whip your head to the white to find a young woman standing several yards away, her wide eyes continuously darting back in the direction of the road. The road follows far in here, she says, rushing over your side and pointing deeper into the forest. Come on! We've got to go a little bit further to be sure of that. You follow her as she nimbly slips through the dense undergrowth, moving adeptly through the thick of the wood, following a course that meanders mostly east and north. After only a few minutes, you no longer hear the sounds of pursuit. A quick glance back over your shoulder confirms that the stone creatures are nowhere in sight. The edge of a washing stream, the two of you draw to a halt. The, wo- the woman sits down on a, on the trunk trunk of a fallen oak and begins to tend to a rather nasty wound on her leg. The woman, the woman fishes up, tying off a strip of cloth, encircling her thigh, and looks up at you, smiling impishly. A broad wet Red scrape on her upper left cheek betrays a recent blow that came dangerously close to taking her eye. She blows back a sweep of matted brown hair and pointedly inquires about the reason for your seemingly timely arrival in Maldwin. I don't suppose you know anything about these things, do you? Well, I know plenty. I've been following the man responsible for them the man who supposedly controls these things, but I haven't been able to catch up with him, yet. If I had caught up with him, I dare say none of this would happen. I'm Alaria. I already know who you are, who you are, and I must say, well met, Alaria, who seems to be constantly and nervously glancing in all directions, confesses that she has had dealings with the Silver Quest in the recent past, and while you and she have never before met. She has dealt with Prithran and Iskritar on several occasions. She calls having once or twice caught glimpses of you. Wait, they've done stuff without me? You're something of a legend, you know, she says, smiling awkwardly. I can't imagine there's too many places you can go where folks don't, don't know who you are. But I don't mean to embarrass you. But the facts are, after all, Facts still don't explain what what you're doing here. Is the Silver Quest also after Blue Boots? As you begin to relate to the young woman the chain of events that led up to your encounter with stone creatures on the forest road, and in turn, this very moment, the details of the mission that brought you here come flooding back. Alright, another time case where we start in Media Wes. Now we're going to find out how we got here. Early early this very morning, not long after the break of day, in the headquarters of the Silver Quest, and therefore should stand to reason that a well-tended blade ought to be just as effective against a troll as is any hammer, says Pritham, raising an eyebrow and glancing over at Iskwajar, who shakes his head and sips from a steaming vessel of bitterly strong payload. Wouldn't you agree, Zoop? Having only been half listening to what is a seemingly another brewing argument 
between Prithem and Isquidar. You look up to find the form staring at you intently. He frowns painfully. He nods in Isquidar's direction. Isquidar, now facing away from Prithem, continues to slip as his paler while slowly turning the pages of an old book. Well, what have you got to what have you to say? presses Prithem. I'm very much in doubt that you have nothing at all to add. I think you agree with me, isn't that so? As far as you can tell, Pritham is arguing that swords are as effective against hammers as trolls. As hammers <laughs> against trolls. <laughs> I think I got the nouns swapped. And now she decide with Prithen, and now she decide with Iskridar, and now she agree with either of them, or refuse to get involved in the, in the dispute. I don't agree with either of them. Your, your announcement seems to startle both men. Prithen narrows his eyes, fixes you with a curious glaze, while Iskridar turns... And regards you, it could only be described as a somewhat suspicious stare. It's all well and good to say so, says Prithem, seemingly slightly put off by the fact you don't agree with him. But you have to have a, have a suitable counter. So, what is it? Is there something better than both a hammer and a sword against a troll? I can make several suggestions. A troll bont, a bow, a dagger, a staff... A spear, or your bare hands? Uh, I'll go for troll bunt. A troll bunt? I have to say, I've heard you mention that thing before, says Prithen. Made specifically to crack trolls with. Most interesting, wouldn't you say, Isridar? Still, I'll have to see it in action before I'd be, con- be convinced of its merits. Very interesting choice, though. You can always count on you for a fresh perspective on things. Isquidar looks over, looks over, regards you with a fleeting, curious glance before turning his attention to Book and Paleo before him. Oh well, never mind any of that, says Prithen. By the way, Zoop, I think, I think I've something that's right along your line, if you'll pardon the expression. I've received a rather puzzling note, note from a friend of ours who has a the grim misfortune of making his abode in a little village known as Muldrun. Pritham tells you that a long-time friend and associate of the Silver Crest, a man by the name of Wethrill, recently sent word that he had made a discovery in Muldrun that he felt warranted the immediate tension. Texas most industrious monster-hunting outfit. As Wethel possesses a keen interest in its dramatic and is prone to bouts of exaggeration, I was hesitant to make his consort report a priority, says Prithen. I suppose I ought to have consulted you on that, but I certainly don't want to trouble you with what might be nothing more than a lonely man seeking a roundabout way of soliciting a visit from old friends. In the event, we probably do owe him a visit. Would you care to read his letter? Or shall I give give you my view on it? So I can read the letter or allow Prithen to give you his version. I think I'll read the letter. Prithen hands you the letter he received from Wethrill. 
and fetches himself a mug of pano while you set about weeding it. Your your eyes carefully scour the neat script linked inked onto the wrinkled, weather stained sheet. Dear Pritham, I hope these tidings from Waldwin find you well. Please give Give my warmest regards to your most illustrious fellow members of the Silver Quest. I dare say I found something in the village that warrants an immediate investigation. I'll say no more, as you'll need to see it with your own eyes. Expect or rather hope to see the lot of you quite soon, so that together we may come to the bottom of it. Yours, puzzled and mildly alarmed, Wethwell. You hand the letter back to Pritham. He refolds the note and tucks it away in a pocket on the inside of his scarred leather vest. In his usual cryptic style, he sent word to us announcing that he's found something he believes, or I'm left to presume, it's perhaps dangerous and worthy of our attention, he says. Any investigation he undertakes is likely to prove otherwise, of course, but he's a very dear old friend, and his dial reports have... Once or twice in the past, mind. Been quite on the mark. I believe we should make the trip to Maldwim. If, if for nothing else, it would certainly serve to set his mind at ease. Okay, you immediately realise Pritham is once again attempting to saddle you with the task. With the task of travelling to Maldwim to investigate whatever strange discovery this mithril has recently made. So, obviously, I already know that it's me that ends up taking the task. But I'm going to attempt to assign it to the other one, the others anyway. It, it never works, but just want to see what their excuses are this time. Pritham laughs and slaps you on the shoulder when you make the not-so-subtle suggestion that he should be the one to make the trek the trek to mould him and investigate Wethel's claims. There are several very good reasons why I can never again set foot in Maldrum, he says, his smile swiftly fading as his voice adopts a grim tone. I need to beset you with various details, but it suffices to say that I might well find myself in a most uncomfortable circumstance should I dare to return to that village. Withrow did allude to New to this in his letter. More or less. Okay. Assign, attempt to assign the tasks to Isquidar. Prithrim shakes his head sadly and sighs when you suggest... Suggest that Isquidar be the one to carry out the task of trekking to Morgan to investigate Wethel's claim. Isquidar is, I'm afraid, still, still tending to the what? To the wavy tricky bit with his ankle, he says, lowering his voice as he is being overheard. I think with just a bit more rest, he'll be ready for whatever you wish to send his way. Yeah, well, ready with more excuses, more like. Attempt to assign the task to Teak. Witham shrugs and sighs, but it's just Teak be the one to carry out the task of travelling to Moldwood to investigate Wuthel's claim. If only we knew more about his comings and goings, he says, shaking his head. He always seems to be off somewhere doing something. Thoreau never seems to know just what. 
don't think he could be counted on at present to tackle this job. Alright, accept the task yourself. Because I double knew it was going to end this way. Because it had already happened. With no desire to continue to attempt to get any of your fellow quest members to tackle the job. You prompt, you quietly announce to Prithen that you will take on the task. Yes, very prudent decision, he says, nodding. I think it will be for the best this way. Well, I suppose it's that. You do know where Maldrin is, don't you? Prithen shows you the location of Maldrin on a tattered map that has forever hung just to the right of the door. You will easily find the village is only a few miles east of Trithic. Pritham tells you that Maldrum is a somewhat miserable place, but refuses to believe in the legend of the supposed curse that hangs over the settlement. Childish prattle is all that, that the talk curse of Maldrum amounts to, he says, frowning. Teak would tell you otherwise, of course, but as we've already established, he's not here. Pritham... Pritham tells you that Wethrell, in at those insistence you'll be making the trek to Maldrum, is a short, able, middle-aged fellow with bright reddish hair who, despite not possessing any magical ability, is quite learned in spell law and general arcanum. He is odd, though, he says, his brow throwing. Well, not quite odd in any classical sense, though I would ins- say instead, no, no. I think I think odd sums him up. Quite sums him up. Yes, he's odd. But also very nice. There, now he had it. He's nice and odd. Before settling out setting out for Wortham, eager to discover for yourself the source of Withworld's expressed concern, you wonder about the quest headquarters, seeking anything you might think proved to be of use on the impending task. While poking about the cluttered place, you find a, find something you'd long forgotten about, covered in dust, resting in a corner. What is it you found? A coil of enchanted rope, an enchan- enchanted cacabite feather, or a cracked but enchanted silver horn. Now, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure that each one of those I, every one of those items can help in the quest somehow in some circumstances. But I, the only one I've actually seen, I'm actually know about is the second one. So I'll take the attack of eight feather. You scoop up the enchanted attack of eight feather and closely examine it. The feather has seen better days, to be sure, but after blowing up the thick coating of dust that covers it, it looks relatively no worse for wear. The feather, prowned, found by Pritham on what turned out to be an ill-fated venture into the murk, seems to bear a rather strange set of enchantments that once allowed it to fly forth and tickle, tickle a target at possession's command. Recent years, however, Pritham banished the suspect that Fevorous lost most of his magic as it seldom heeded the directives to which it once faithfully confirmed. And, through it pained him to do so, Pritham cast it aside one day and never more paid the Fever any mind. 
Believing the feather may yet have some life in it, you quickly tuck it in amongst your other belongings. There, I've got this enchanted tackabate feather. This large silver feather is the enchanted plume of Takabak. Priffin found this feather on an ill-fated venture into the murk. Based on what you know about this strange feather, it can be commanded, when the mood strikes it, to fly forth and vigorously tickle a target. Believing the feather had lost most of its magic, Priffin cast it aside and has since forgotten about it. With that, you bid a somewhat hasty farewell to Pritham and Iskadar before leaving head- headquarters and embarking on what you hope will be a short and uneventful trek to Maldron. Back in the present, in the forest outside Maldron, Aurelia nods knowingly when you conclude your narrative by describing to her your encounter the first of the stone creatures on your arrival on the outskirts of the village. So, this Withwell character must know something about all of this, she says, wincing as she readjusts the strip of cloth binding her legs. Do you know much about him, Withwell, I mean? You confess that you've never met Withwell. I know only what Withwell has told you. Interesting, he says. Well, I know more than I ought to about this. That much is sure, but I can't say I ever heard of any mention of Withrow. Anyway, all of this is Blue Boots doing. How do I know? Well, I know just how he is and what he's up to. He used to be his apprentice. Sort of. Alana tells you that the Blue Boots, those real name is is Nolorik Fasthaven, is a powerful spellcaster and an outlaw. Those misdeeds include robbery, extortion, and murder. You learn that Blowboats is a master elementalist whose speciality is command over earth and stone. Hence the stone creatures you dust encounters. Why? Why is he called Boo-Boots? She says, repeating your question. Well, he once wore a pair of magical blue boots. I don't know what's become of them. I have not seen seen them with him for a good long while. So there you have it. He no longer wears blue boots, but he's still known as blue boots. I suppose it no longer makes much sense. When you inquire about what she said about having been the mage's former apprentice, she sighs and nods slowly. That was a few years back. He says, I've regretted my decision to seek his instruction ever since, mind. I don't know what he's seeking the village, but this withdrawal you've men- mentioned might. You can wager that whatever it is, it suits blue boots and will prove, will prove to the detriment of everyone else. Ale- Alania falls silent and gets glances wearily in, in all direction. You probably don't know, but those things, they're called stone hurlers, she says, slowly raising her left hand to inspect the broad scape, scrape that looks to come within an inch of taking her life. They're among Nolwick's no favourite tricks, if you could even think of them as that, 
Muldrum's not the first place in which they've turned up. But Julia and I can see to it that it's the last. When you ask why they're called stone hurlers, Holania fixes you with a puzzled look. She smirks before applying. I think I gave them that name, she says. Actually, I don't know that I recall call ever having seen one hurl a stone, at least not in recent memory. I think the name is fitting, though, don't you? Okay, so this adventure seems to be things that are badly named. Seems to be a theme. We've got a character called Blue Boots, who doesn't wear boot, who doesn't wear blue boots, and stone hurlers that don't hurl stones. But they are made of stone, so is that half wide? You inquire about the state of Maldon. Lania tells you that what she's observed, the village hasn't yet seen much destruction at the hands of the stone hurlers. Said that this month must be in Blue Boots is looking for something in the village. Don't even know that he means for these beasts to be so destructive, she says. Just think he doesn't have very good control over them. Think this sort of thing would attract the attention of those who might be moved to do something about it, other than us, I mean. Well, it looks like we're going to have to do it. Coming with me? Alain stands up and turns to the east. She steps over the stream and, and looks, looks back at you expectantly. Come on, you've got to get to work against Blue Boots. I could tell her I'd rather not get involved, but actually I want to get involved, so I move off with her. As you hurry along through the forest, skirting the northern edge of Maldron, your newfound companion tells you, Stone Hurlers will be guarding the village until Blue Boots has concluded whatever nefarious business has brought him here. You know, not to make labour labour it, she says, but adeptly slipping through the heart of a tangled thicket, thicket. But we but we need to be careful around these stone hurlers, as you've already found out. He can call them out of the earth whenever it suits him. It's a scary thought, isn't it? And even through his very powerful caster, magic is kind of unpredictable. In fact, he sometimes loses control of the stone hurlers. And other times, he has no control over them from the start. It's all very scary, with all the makings of a bad end. Gah, he should have trained more at wizard school or wherever it is that you learn elementalism. The two of you reach the edge of the woods and find yourself looking out over a broad meadow that runs up to the north side of the village centre. A cluster of dilapidated wooden structures, several of which seem near to collapse, are crowded around a small square. There is no sign of anyone about. Sad, isn't it, says Alania, poking you in the arm and then waving a hand over the scene spread out before you. I suppose this place is typical of many settlements here about. Not much chance of Blue Boots and his stone hurlers doing any real damage here. I wonder what, what he could possibly be looking for. I hope the fact we don't see anyone around means that everyone either ran away or is hiding.
Yasko Alania about the other places in which Boone Blue Boots and his stone hurlers have previously turned up. She regards you. She regards you with a puzzled look, which swiftly transforms into a smirk. Now, I didn't know you were listening all that closely, she says. Yes. They've all been places further further out than this. Small small settlements on the eastern border mostly. But why? Why those places? What is he looking for? Actually, I think the question should be, who is he looking for? And what does... Elania falls silent and points in the direction of the village, even before she began her hurried gesture. Your eyes are already locked on the cause for her sudden distress. Moving along along the mould... Waldron's main thoroughfare, slowly approaching the cluster of buildings, is a tall, white-bearded man in black robes. Stomping along at his at his heels is a group of six stone hurlers. You immediately ask Solaria if you're looking at Blue Boots. She turns to you and nods. The mage and his stone minions are approximately a hundred yards distant. Should should we watch him and see what he does? Oh. What should we do now? Asked Alenia, glancing over at you. So, I can move on. I suggest we move on and Blue Boots at once. Or suggest we watch Blue Boots. Whose boots are not blue, just to be absolutely clear about that. We're going to watch him first. Yeah, this adventure has lots and lots of options. I mean, we we barely started and we already got... But what about ten options for what to talk about with that argument that we're having? Fortunately, it doesn't. That doesn't really go anywhere. And then there's those three items we could have picked up. Alonio agrees, telling you it's best to be fairly certain of Blue Boots' next move before taking steps to confront him. His magic is unpredictable, even to him, she says, and it's powerful. He's very willing to use it. Maybe we can try and figure out what he's doing here. Remaining out of sight at the edge of the meadow, you and Alaya watch as Blue Boot steps into the buildings flanking the village square. He returns a moment later, dragging an elderly man with a short white beard by his neck. The black-robed mage unceremoniously Dumps his struggling captives onto a lane at the feet of one of his stone hurlers. Who is that? Do you know him? Asked Alaria. Don't like how this looks. What do you think? You shake your head in response to the first two queries. You quick to note the man, the mercy of blue boots, and his minions does not match the description of Withwall you were given by, by Prithem. As the two, the two of you watch, the disturbing scene unfold. It becomes apparent that Blue Boots is aggressively questioning the man he retrieved from the building. You cannot clearly make out what is being said. It's clear that Blue Boots is glowing increasingly angry. The stone hurler that's towering over the supine 
white-bearded man groans ominously as it shifts its massive weight. Arlenia. Her expression betraying a dark, dark turn of her thoughts, glances you nervously. What is he going to do? What do you think we should do? So, I can intervene immediately. Could just move closer. Or continue to watch from here. I'm going to intervene immediately. I mean, those those stone hurlers, that they could they could lay a layer they could lay a death blow down in in a couple of in less than a second. We don't we don't have time time to wait for them to be almost punching. No, intervene immediately. You flash a glance at Lelia. The young woman nods, and in the blink of the eye, the two of you are dashing across the grassy expanse to the aid of the man, now seemingly at the mercy of Blue Boots and his stone minions. Within twenty yards of the mage, when he suddenly looks up, seemingly startled to have spotted you, he immediately shouts for the stone hurlers to intercept your approach without delay. The six lumbering stone venomoths stomp into your path, forming a formidable barrier between you and Blue Boots. Take the right! I've got the left! Shouts Elenia as she moves to her left, drawing the attention of two of the stone hurlers. It's that precise moment you realise you've been left to deal with four of the towering elemental terrors, the first of which steps forward to meet your bold advance. It's a stone hurler. Swats at you with his massive fists and is not hurling anything, which is probably for the best. Smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 25 damage. And that's about the only damage it did. Okay, and here comes. Hmm. Come on now, load it up. Load up, you little pretty. I need to see what's next. Ugh, I mean, I would refresh the page, but it'll probably skip skip to something. 8xp. You leap over the remains of the first stone, stone hurler and valiantly engage the second of the Wok Benemoths. Okay, squats at you with its massive fist, devastating blow, 26 damage. I go into battle wage. Ah, stop swatting at me! It's not nice. Yeah, more battle wage. And stop threatening old men. Ah. 8xp. There is no t there is not time to catch your breath. You stumble away from the toppling remains of the slain stone hurler only to find yourself confronted by another of the towering terrors. It's a stone hurler once more. Keeps squatting with its massive fists. And the, it's nearly down. And there it goes. Slain. Another 8xp. Breathing hard. With sweat pouring down your brow. You steady yourself and assume a defensive stance. It's the fourth stone hurler. Its massive fists poised to strike. Stomps forward and attacks. It's a stone hurler once more. And this, this is, the, I think this is the last of them. 
But of course, old Blue Boots could always just summon more. And maybe he has other tricks. And then, of course, I've got to deal with Blue Boots himself. Somehow. Yes, assuming... Assuming Alenio doesn't deal with her him instead. You've slain your foe, 8 XP. You turn to Dahlia and find her still facing down one of the stone hurlers. The massive stone elemental stomps towards her, its broad fist swatting in a deadly rhythm as it mercilessly advances. With a grunt, the young woman thrusts her hands toward the towering menace. A series of loud groans rise into the air as the giant creature promptly collapses into a heap of shattered stone. Alenia turns and rushes towards you, drawing ragged grasps as she reaches your side. Gasps, that is. In the wake of the stone hurler's defeat, both you and Alenia meet quickly scour the immediate area. There is no longer any sign of either blue boots or the man who was hurled from the building. A structure that you now realise is the village meeting hall. Gotta find him, says Alonia, her tone suddenly grim. We better do it quickly. It's not going to stay around here for long. Not after just watching us destroy stone hurlers. That old man, whoever he is, is in danger. Realising that you'll need to act quickly if you're to find the old man taken captive by, by blue boots. You ask Arlenia what she thinks where she thinks the mage might have gone. She tells you it's possible he fled Mulgrim entirely at discovering he faced an unexpected level of opposition. You reiterate to Alenia that the man killed, I think you should write captured here, by the stone, stone hill or was not Wethel, at least not as he was described to you by Quithan. That bodes well for whoever Wethwell is, she says. I heard that Blue, Blue Boots asked the old man about Westbrook, but it doesn't change the fact the old man with Blue Boots is in great danger. And I think, suddenly, it is great displeasure that I find my most promising apprentice still trying to play at being some sort of hero. A thin, squill voice erupts out of nowhere, startling both you and Arlania. The young woman's head whips in all directions as she desperately seeks to discover the location of the speaker. And you, continues the voice, regulating your left but quickly passing to your right. I suppose the illustrious Silver Quest has nothing better with which to occupy its Time. If the two of you together didn't make for such a pathetic sight, I'd sooner done away with the both of you. Let never let it be said I don't retain a perchant for pity. Alania, slowly turning about, her eyes scouring the village to square for any sign of the unseen mage calls out for Blue Boots to show himself. Almost immediately, a tall, black-robed man with a long white beard 
appears near the centre of the quadrangle. The elderly mage, his broad head glinting fiercely in the sun, scowls and folds his arms defiantly. For for several long moments no one speaks. Valeria, having drawn herself into a defensive stance, Stands a few yards to your right, glares def- contemptuously at her former master. Blue Boots returns, returns her stare with a derisive, though largely disinterested look, she also repeatedly casts in your direction. With your thoughts still fixed on the unknown fate of the old man, Blue Boots dragged from the building, you boldly take action. Demand! To know the fate of the old man. Demand that Blue Boots surrender himself. Or just attack him. Well let's focus. On the fate of the old man. What is his fate? Blue Boots expression changes from a scowl. Into a look of bewildered astonishment. Scowl swiftly returns however. The mage his arms now now folded tightly across his tress. Chess rolls his eyes. You can guess at that as well as I can, he says. I came here to mete out some justice to a cowardly murder of men. Grieves me to think you may suspect me of something altogether foul. He vanished, as any half-decent maid might possess the power to do. Do you really remember nothing from my tutelage? Dear Alania. Alania sneers and readjusts her stance, maintaining a defensive posture. She glances at you before turning her gaze to Blue Boots and addressing him. We're not interested in anything you have to say, she says, her sudden harsh edge to her voice, a startling change. You've now been asked to surrender yourself to us. Consider yourself fortunate to get that chance. Blue Boots takes a step back, glancing at his heels as he moves, as if he fears stumbling. With his arms still folded, he sighs and shakes his head. I came here seeking to resolve a couple of grievances, he says, his thin, shrill voice echoing about the square. One of those is resolved. The other remains a task I look forward to completing. The two of you are an obstruction, a very minor obstruction, but an obstruction nonetheless. It pains me some to know I once cared for you, Olania, as a father might for a child, and to see now what it is you have become, a delusional, selfish, ungrateful brat. Alania scoffs at the maid, repeats the demand for him to surrender. I could leave, and you would never find me, he says, as an unsettling smile creeps over his countenance. But that would just leave another pair of grievances to be rectified at some point in the future. No, I think I'll tend to this small matter, here and now. 
With astonishing speed, Blue Boots shoots his hand skywards. His body shakes as a distant glowing wumble fills the air. His, his dark eyes widen and a maniacal grin supplants his leering smile. Clearly alarmed by what is taking place, Alenia shouts for you to take cover. She thrusts her hand out towards the black-robed mage. Like a former mentor, her body also shakes as she hurriedly attempts to channel her own powers, though nothing seems to happen. It looks like the young spellcaster may have already depleted her magical reserves. It also appears she may be too late. Blue Boots' deep voice, deep and menacing, roars with the fury of a waging storm as she shrieks the odd words by which to summon his deadly magic. Boulders from the sky! A large number of pebbles and small rocks suddenly pour down from above, bouncing off you before dropping onto the ground and scattering across the packed earth. Alania's eyes shout for you to take cover as she dashes to the edge of the square and dies behind a pony cart. Bluebird eyes remain fixed on the sky as he reports, repeats his strange, unsettling cry, BOULDERS FROM THE SKY! Heed Alenia's warning and take cover. Or rush forward and attack Blue Books. Uh, I guess Alenia knows this sort of situation better than I do. I'll follow her. Glancing about the village square, you quickly determine three possible places that might, that might afford you cover. For whatever deadly magic Blue Boots is presumably attempting to unleash. Alright, got some options here. Rush forward and attack Blue Boots. Take cover with Alania behind the pony cart. Attempt to hide next to the village woe. Or attempt to reach the Iron Toe Tavern. Hmm. Alright, tavern. Hmm, yeah, these. That's, I mean, that's just this most sturdy structure, so I'll go there. You turn and dash towards the Iron Toe Tavern, a low stone and wood structure on the western side of the square. The tavern's door is wide open, and you instinctively make for it, hoping to drive into the building before Blue Boat is able to fully harness whatever magic he is attempting to conjure. There's a check. Bonus of 40. 20 from body, 10 from agility, 10 from luck. Need 75 or more to get into the tavern before the rocks fall and everybody dies, including me. 130 success. You reach the tavern and dive through its open door, landing hard on its age-worn planks that make up the uneven floor. Several of Maldwin's citizens are cowering towards the back of the common room. 
The frightened lot of five stares at you in horror but says nothing. Suddenly, the deafening roar of thunder shakes the tavern, relicting a terrified shriek from a man pressed into a far corner. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the stair square outside, where several large boulders plummet down from the sky and slam into the ground, embedding themselves into the packed earth with an unfathomable force. Okay, I mean, that magic is exactly what it says on the ki- on the tin. You say boulders from the sky, and then boulders come from the sky. I don't know how the boulders got there, but we are talking about magic here, so... Magic is as magic does. Thoughts immediately turn to Alelia. Fearing for the young woman's safety, you're about to step outside to see if you can catch sight of her, when something unexpected alters your brazen plan. Alenia bursts into the tavern and stumbles on into a table. The young woman spins around, breathless, what has apparently been a sprint from the far side of the square, and repeatedly shifts her concerned gaze from you to the village square. We can't... Let him continue to summon magic, she says. We need to reach him. We learn it at once, so what, what she just said is indeed correct. You tell her that two, two of you should ch- charge him. She nods, and after allowing her a few moments to regain her wind, both, both of you bolt from the tavern and dash towards the black-robed mage. Blue Boots cries out in alarm as the two of you swiftly close in. You reach Blue Boots and strike the sinister mage a solid blow that sends him tumbling backwards across the packed earth of the village square. He cursed loudly and staggers to his feet, apparently much less affected by the blow than you'd hoped he would be. He glares at you contemptuously. Hmm, I guess he also knows a bit of fortification. Well... There are other ways to settle things, he snarls, stretching wide both of his hands and holding them towards the ground. Giants from the earth! Your pulse quickens and you take a step back. Olenia has drawn up to your side just as the ground beneath your feet begins to quake. The earth before you explodes, showering you with rocks and dirt, as nearly a dozen stone hurlers rise out of the ground and immediately stomp in your direction. Blue Boots shouts something, but his voice is, voice is drowned out by the thunderous steps and roaring bellows of his encroaching stone minions. The black road rage bows deeply, shimmers briefly, and vanishes. Soup! To your left! shouts Elenia as she moves to the right, her gaze frozen on the elemental legion, now bearing down on you with alarming swiftness. Hearing her warning, you spin to your left to find a stone hurler nearly upon you, its massive fist raised in anticipation of striking you a single decisive blow. Alright, here's another stone hurler. Swats at you with his massive fist. Get a couple of devastating blows. 
just gonna bring it down. And has many, another devastating blow, and another devastating blow for 31 damage. And it's nearly done, and slain. 8 XP, another stone hurler stomps through the pile of rubble before you and attacks, swiping out at you with his massive fists. Alania, now falling away to your left, is entangled with two more of the towering elementals. It's another stone hurler. Swats at you with his massive fists. It keeps swatting and I keep bashing. Bash, bash, bash. Down it goes. 8 XP. A third stone holer is instantly upon you. Its deafening bellows are sailing your ears as it attacks. Another stone holer. Take that. Smash through my defences twice in a row for 25 and 31 damage. Okay, I'm just going to keep bashing it. Bash, bash, de bash, bash, bash. It is slain. 8 XP. Without a moment to catch your breath, you step to your right and engage a fourth stone hurler, dodging the creature's deadly swipes and swiftly countering your own attack. Stone hurler swats at you with his massive fists. And it's a toughie. Well, it's, it's a 3 plus. But there's a lot of it. HP. And it is slain. Another 8 XP. And. The, a fifth stone hurler, slightly larger than the West, stomps forward and swats at you. Massive fists coming within inches of crushing you to death. Having nimbly dodged the stone giant's initial swipes. You brazenly launch an assault against your mighty foe. The stone hurler once more. Massive fists go a swatting. And I go a bashing. Devastating blow. Then another devastating blow. Then another devastating blow. Okay, I'm, I'm going to use my... Oh, okay. Okay, quick stone time. It's nearly done, but I just used the quick stone. That's what it's for. Quickstone healing, it is slain, 8 XP. As a stone cr hurler crumbles into a heap of rubble at your feet, Alania's desperate cry reaches your ears. You spin around to find the young woman surrounded by three of the towering earthen terrors. She continues to dodge their blows, though it is immediately evident she appears unable to fight back. Six more exploders. Stone hurlers explode. Out of your out of the ground, just a few yards to your right, and stomp towards you. Their fearsome course of bellows rising into the air. So I've got a few options. I could flee immediately, hold off the advance of the sticks' new stone hurlers, or the heroic option and rush to Alania's aid. So obviously, time to rush to her aid. You charge towards Alania and attack two of the stone hurlers that have her pinned down. The massive stone beings immediately turn away from the young woman and direct their deadly attacks at you. Stone hurlers, one of two. Swats at you with this massive fist, devastating blow for 26 damage. A devastating blow for 27 damage. Mostly down and it is slain. 8 XP.
you turn and place yourself between the second stone hurler, Lorelia, who continues to battle the third. The mighty elemental swaps forward and attacks stone hurler, two of two. Smashes through your defensive, devastating blow, 34 damage. Uh, it's lots of these specials. Devastating blow for 36 damage. That's ridiculous. So many devastating blows. Yes, I mean, no person would have been slain by what's just one of them. And it is slain. 8xp. You rush to Alonia's aid, only to find she managed to defeat her foe. A heap of rubble lies at the young woman's feet, shaking, which you ascertain is an after-effect of her magical exertion. Elenia throws up her hands and curses. Where is he? He's gone. He can't stay here. These things aren't going to stop coming. They should crumble back to nothing after a while. We don't need to wait around and hope for it. Let's go. With that, the two of you bolt from the square and don't stop running. You've reached the western outskirts of the village. Perched on the side of a steep, grassy hill on the western edge of Mulgrum, you and Alaya sit and silently and gaze silently back in the direction of the village. For the last small, last small while, the two of you maintained a vigil from this vantage seeking any sign that might indicate Blue Boots is still somewhere in the immediate vicinity. All the stone hurlers have probably crumbled back into rocks by now, says the young woman, fingering the triangular jade amulet that hangs from her neck on the leather strap. That's what usually happens. Thankfully, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't seem to be running around destroying everything. I've seen them do as I've seen them do elsewhere. Oh, I think, wait, what is that? Helena stangs a finger towards the village. Your eyes follow her gesture and come to rest on an unexpected sight, running out of Muldrum, stumbling frantically along the very road that leads past the bottom of the hill upon which you sit is Blue Boots, following closely at the mage's sinister mage's heels. Their thundering footfalls sending tremors through the earth are eight stone hurlers. It is immediately evident that he's being chased. Seems the mage's conjured creations have turned on him. Blue Boots suddenly catches sight of you and begins screaming for help. He continues to run along the road, stumbling at every other step, repeatedly glancing back over his shoulders. You have little doubt the pursuing stone hurlers will soon overtake the fleeing wizard. I guess that's I guess Blue Boots is very lucky the stone hurlers aren't aren't aptly named. Otherwise they'll just hurl a walk at him. I'd like to say that's the fur that was the first time I've seen that happen, says Elaine's shaky head. Quite frequently his magic tends to go awry. As you can see, well, what now? We can't let those things catch him. Alania stares at you expectantly, discerns she is waiting to follow your lead. So, I could rush to the aid of Blue Boots. 
leave the spellcaster to his fate or defer to our lady. Alright, I'm going to rush to the aid of Blue Boots. Believing that Blue Boots is not likely to survive an engagement with the eight stone Benemoths, you leap into action, determined to prevent the otherwise inevitable and gruesome outcome now fast approaching. Lania closes her eyes, mutters something, and with her right hand, tightly clasps the jade amulet hanging from her neck. Without further delay, you bound swiftly down the hillside on a course to intercept the mage and his fearsome pursuers, all the while wholly attempting to determine a course of action. So, lots of options here. Rush at the eight stone hurlers, rush towards blue boots. I can use fortification, conjuration, telekinesis or elementalism to help deal with at least a few of these conjurers. These stone hurlers, I'll use conjuration. Succeeded, 24 experience to conjuration. You channel your power of conjuration and focus it on the ever-narrowing stretch of woe separating Blue Boots and his fearsome pursuers. Without warning, the trunk of a massive tree appears just behind the fleeing wizard, spanning the entire breadth of the road. Unable to curb their momentum, all eight rock venomous tumble over the trunk, smashing into one another as they topple to the ground. Only... Only a pair of stone hurlers have managed to emerge from the twisted heap of rubble intact. Moving swiftly, you boldly intercept the battered duo. Stone hurler, one of two. Swats at you with his massive fists. And apparently, these seem to have less health than previous ones. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe, maybe it's because of the trap. Maybe not. You have slain your foe. 7 XP. Stepping around the remains of the first stone hurler, you boldly engage the second stone hurler. Two of two. And nearly done. Nearly done. And slain. 7 XP. Only a massive heap of rubble exists to mark where the fearsome legion of stone hurlers fell. Valenia rushes to your side and asks if you're all right before turning to Fate's face boot boots. The black robed mage, his shoulders slumped and his eyes fixed on his feet, sighs, shakes his head. My power is spent, he says, surprising you with, with the compromising admission. Match your mercy. I trust you know the meaning of that word. Before either you or Alania can address Blue Boots, the Black World Mage quickly launches into a litany of reasons for which you should be afforded should be afforded your mercy and spared capture and punishment. You listen with growing incredulity as he explains that he's hunting for a dangerous rival spellcaster in several small villages and towns. When you pointedly inquire about the white-bearded man who's now missing, the seduction you witness in Moldor, Blue Boots shifts uneasily from foot to foot and shrugs. Yes, I came very close to apprehending him, he says. 
who your rival allowed him to give me the sip. He was, that is, he is the very mage in question. A more contemptible practitioner of the arcane you will not find in these parts. In any event, he's gone. He disappeared while the two of you were tussling with my stone hurlers. As I told you, he's a very capable mage and a most dangerous man. That also applies to you. You're very dangerous. And maybe not very capable, but definitely very dangerous. Blue Boots tells you that the man he's dragged from the village meeting house is a powerful necromancer who has long concealed his practice, identity and history of murderous deeds. And Elenia rolls her eyes and glances at you as if to gorge any reaction you might have to this major's account. His name was, is, Yulgilanar. When I learned that the bone circle had been found in Moldron, in the cellar of the village hall, I knew I had at last located his hiding place. You can thank, thank me. You should be able to bring yourself to con, consent to such convention for his departure, due to my intervention, has almost certainly prevented a calamity. One one that most assuredly would have spread beyond the boundaries of this little spot. Now there's a link to bone circles. Bone circle. A bone circle is precisely what it sounds like. A circle of bones laid out on the ground or floor. One not in and of itself dangerous, when in the employ of a master necromancer. A bone circle becomes a tool by which the mage can summon a massive legion of the undead. The bones that make up the bone circle can be any type of bone, animal or human. Human bones, particularly human skulls, are most prized by those who would endeavour to build such a circle. When you ask Blue Boots about Lugrenar's disappearance, he tells you he vanished into a haze of blue sparkles. I have to believe he had some device or another to help him with that, he says. Never knew him to possess any sort of gating ability, though I confess it wouldn't altogether surprise me if he did. Such magic seems commonplace enough these days. Was the pity, of course. You ask her about Wethwill, repeating the name more than once. His brow follows, and he shrugs his shoulders in response. Who's that? he asks. Blue Boots pauses and looks at you and Olenia in turn, before drawing a deep breath and telling you he has little else to add to what's already been said. Yugana is now gone, he says. Where is he now? Who can say? Only know he is likely to go go back into hiding. I do believe I'm through with seeking him out, though, at least for the next small while. There are, after all, a great many other matters that cry for my attention. And we're to believe all of that. This is the truth, says Alonia, crossing her arms. You were playing the hero. 
You came here only to deliver justice to some necromancer in hiding. What evidence is there to prove any of this? So, what do you think? When you ask Blue Boots about the Bone Circle, he tells you that Neurgalar that he that he destroyed it before Unic could make use use of it. Prudent and convenient, Quipsalania. So I've got a few options. Tell her, tell him, tell Nina I believe his account. Tell Nina I don't believe it. Or tell her you don't know what to believe. Fortunately, I have the magical power of divination to give me more information, which it will. Succeeded. 24 experience to divination. You channel your power of divination and intently focus it on blue boots. You immediately sense that the black world's maze detects your psychic probing, but does little to nothing to defend against it. In the end, you sense what most of what Blue Boots has told you is the truth. Though he may not have told what he te- told you about not knowing the precise fate of Yulinar may not be entirely true. Tell Arnia you believe his account, Arnia don't believe him. Tell her you don't know what to believe. Well, I guess I've got to believe his account. Because... Because mad, I've just been told by magic it's true. I believe his account. Okay. You told Ernia that you believe Blue Boots has told the truth. She sighs and nods. As much as it might pay me to admit it. I think so too, she says proudly. So, what are we to do with him? Blue Boots, his posture no longer slumped, shifts his gaze between you and Arlenia in rapid succession. Something about the sudden change in his demeanour makes you uneasy. So, I have some options here. Defer to Arlenia. Let Blue Boots go. Attack Blue Boots. Alright, or take Blue Boots into custody. Uh, I'll defer to Arlenia. Alania tells you she wishes to take him into custody and deliver him to those who will ultimately decide his fate. Okay, take him into custody. You step forward and boldly demand that Blue Boots surrender himself to you. The white-bearded maid sneers contemptuously and takes a step back. He needn't be too hasty, he said, a forced smile suddenly replacing his smear. Perhaps you could... We consider, after all, apart from the incident with Yulgar, there's been no lasting harm done here. Yeah, but the... Well, maybe. I mean, I haven't done a full inspection. I suspect there's been a lot of property damage at the very least. Um, how, how, what damage have you done in other places? Hmm. How about that? No, 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 You're, I'm going to take you to some sort of whatever passes for justice around here. Take him into custody. I'm willing to listen to any more of the mage's protestations. You move swiftly to take him into custody. In a startling display of agility, however, Blue Boots nimbly slips out of your grasp 
and leaps back several feet. The black mode spellcaster, a maniacal glint in his eyes, thrusts his hands towards the earth and hisses something. Almost immediately, his body begins to shimmer. Horror overcomes you when you realise he has found the power to attempt a magical escape. Alina cries out in alarm. So I've got a few options here. I can just do nothing. I could lunge at him. I could use archery or elementalism or telekinesis. Or a particular item may be of use here. Well, let's see. I guess it's time to use that feather. Enchanted Takabate Feather, use! You draw out the enchanted feather and hold it out towards Bluebuds. All of a sudden, the silver plume takes on a life of its own, wiggling free from your grasp and streaking through the air towards the black-robed mage. Bluebuds shrieks in alarm. Then begins laughing through the cackling, through cackling is nearer the truth, as the magical feather begins to mercilessly tickle him. The feather abruptly ceases his assault and flies back to your outstretched hand. Without giving the, the mage even a second to catch his breath, Olenia leaps forward, knocks him to the ground, and perhaps more violence than is absolutely necessary, secures his submission. With his hands now bound at his back, you hope Alania hurled Spellcaster to his feet. So that is what one of the items does. I don't know what the other two items do, if anything. But the thing is, if, they, if, if, if one of them does something at some point... I'm kind of thinking the other two would do something at some point. Otherwise, one choice would just be much, much better than the others. But you have no way of knowing. Mm. Oh, someone. Blue Books has little to say, and indeed, after only a modest process, protest. Was completely silent. You and Arlania waste no time delivering the mage, along with a verbal litany of his recent misdeeds, to them, to the, to the Tyson army outpost at Carrigan, just outside Trithic. When the mage is safety in the custody of the soldiers here, the two of you return to Moldrum, eager to complete your investigation, and discern for yourself. The, the, the toll the affair has taken on the village. For the better part of a couple of hours, you and Alain make your way through Maldron, seeking the man known as Wethel, only to learn from one source that he unexpectedly left town several days ago. Despite your missile dismay at not being able to learn anything further about, about all of this from the man Prithon told you was a friend, both you and Arlenia take solace in the fact that miraculously no one in the village was killed, was injured or killed in the affair. And so, after concluding your, that your investigation is for now at an end, the two of you once more make your way out of Maldron.
and the world departing Maldrum to the west, you bid farewell to Orlania, the old woman whose help, particularly a mysterious and potent magic, was indispensable in bringing the affair with Blue Boots to its conclusion, tells you she is glad to have met you and hopes your paths will again cross some day. I don't know what will ultimately happen to him, she says, referring, of course, to Blue Boots. We can only hope what he can told us contains at least some truth. If so, perhaps we've seen the last of him. At least in this sort of scenario. Oh, oh we can but help. On the western outskirts of Maldon, you bid, bid farewell to Olivia. She again tells you that she hopes your paths will someday cross and asks you to give her regards to Prithian. I think I'll take another scroll, stroll through the village, she says, glancing along the road in the direction from which you just come. I don't really know why. I suppose I need a little while here to sort it out for myself. You all right? When you respond in the affirmative, she nods. It is plain to see by her the expression on her face that her thoughts are already elsewhere. After meeting you in the shoulder cross, Olenia bows to bows, bids you a final farewell, and heads off towards the village. Without looking back, you also set off on your way, headed east along the road, that with a few notable twists and turns will most steadily will bear you steadily back to Twithick. As you walk, you pour over the details of the recent events in which you played no small part, attempting to determine what it is. You will tell your fellow members of the Silver Quest about what transpired in Moldrum. That finishes this adventure with another 1,024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and powers. And that is that. Okay. Wait, oh, come on now. Let's see the next page. Where are you? Hmm, silly internet. What's happening here? Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna pause for a bit until it gets back in position. Okay, and that unlocks the last, the next Silver Quest adventure. Well, next time, which is called Dark Circle. It's another Oakenstone mask-inspired adventure by VWK. He who laid bare the sinister circles very existence will face a swift and brutal redress. But that is for next time. Until then, farewell fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.